Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. on your team um you know both cole caulfield and uh nick suzuki who i who i own in my league who i think you know despite everything this year i think those guys are like lights out kids um where do you where do you see you know i i are you you're think you're all in on the uh shane wright sweepstakes or uh well what what do you think there the the thing the thing about the habs i mean look i you know, and, and I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know. It's just been, a, 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 it has been a tire fire out there, like flat <laughs> out, right? Like all joking aside, it has literally been every, anything and everything that can go wrong has. I mean, right from the draft when they make that selection uh, to, uh, you know, the season itself to the, to the carry price. I mean, it, it's just from, from start to finish, it's been a really, really tough go. In regards to Shane Wright, Listen, you almost, I almost don't want them to finish with the worst record in the league because for in most cases and not, you're actually better to percentage wise to actually be out of that top spot to, to get this, uh, this player. Right. But look, I, I just want them to make the proper uh, hirings when it comes to these GMs and everything. We all know the structure that's going to happen in Montreal right now. My true belief is that your GM is already there. In Jeff yep. Gordon, but the problem is that he doesn't speak a lick of French. And yep. as much as he says he's going to go out and try, that's all, that's all well and good. But that market is going to want somebody that they can speak to on a daily basis that's going to be able to speak French. Hence comes in your quasi GM, whoever that may be. And and you know what? In 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 many other systems, I would actually not like this at all. But in Montreal, I'm actually all for it, and right. I'll tell you why. Gorton's been around the way he's, he's had great, he, he, if I'm not mistaken, when we talked about it on the show, he was involved in a draft where they got Lucic and uh, Marshawn when he was in Boston, mm-hmm. he oversaw the uh, rebuild retool, whatever you want to call it in New York. Yes. You get lucky with where you fall in the draft, but Hey, you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. So it is what it is. He put all that in place. And the one thing I do like to say about that whole Rangers thing is, it took a little bit of balls, you know what I mean, in that market to come out and say, listen, this is what we're going to do. This is what's happening. Like, he didn't just not do it. He actually went through with it wholeheartedly. And, you know, they're going to be all the better for it here because I think that this is a team to watch out for over the coming years as well. Um, but, you know, you're going to get a guy like, you know, it certainly looks like they're looking at somebody really, really raw. Uh, Matthew Darsh in Tampa Bay, Danny Briere in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these types of guys. Uh, you know, I know Patrick War, uh, uh, put his name in there too. So there's some big heavy hitters there uh, in regards to name recognition. But I, I truly feel like somebody like a Matthew Darsh can come in there, learn from him for the next two to three years and take over the job yep. uh, that he already will have as a title per se, but he'll just either they'll put uh, uh, Gorton into a higher role, whatever the case is in regards to the team itself. There are some good things that are that are kind of happening. And what I mean by that is, listen, Suzuki's not playing horribly, okay? The guy's actually doing, 
doing well under the circumstances that the Montreal Canadiens find themselves this year. Okay, We're, we are comparing it to what they're going through, obviously. But uh, a guy like Cole Caulfield, I think I pro- my initial reaction, dude, is that I probably would have wanted to see him in the minors a little bit longer, if I'm being really honest. Uh, and if for nothing else, even if he's down there dominating, if he was scoring three points a game, I almost wouldn't care. I just wouldn't want him in the culture and what's going on yeah. with the big club right now. That's where it lies for me. It's more wanting to shield them and keeping away, keeping him away from it. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe the kid can handle it all and can be in Montreal and handle it anyway. That you know, yeah. One of the, the things. Case, oh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, one of the things that I find interesting about that because I was in the same boat. The problem with you have a lot of these. You have a lot of young kids on this team. Um, that I think. What I think could be interesting is having a taste of the finals and then having a taste mm-hmm. of a tire fire that rounds out like guys don't get that in their career very often they usually get the yeah. tire fire and never get the uh get the taste of the big games and you know from a maturity level that could be an interesting thing especially if you go through it with guys that you're going to be on the team with for a while so like you get a yeah. you get a guy like Suzuki you get a guy like Caulfield you know, you get some of these younger guys who, you know, hopefully they go through it together and it gels them. So that next yeah. year or the year after, once you get a system in place, because let's be honest, the system is non-existent at the moment. Once you yeah. get a system in place, that's where it gets to be potentially start to look really interesting. And so you get guys that have experienced both, you know, uh, it's no secret. I am not a Maple Leafs fan, despite living in the middle of the, uh, in the belly of the beast here in Toronto, <laughs> the middle but, of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the 18 wheeler, the la- the thing last year, yeah. like that is going to make this team hungry. And, and if they, they have to get over that and they know what yeah. they have to do and they know what defeat tastes like. And um, I think, you know, for your guys, that might be the case. It might be a case where those guys, you know what, get a taste of it and come out better. Well, again, like you're saying, right. I mean, with that run that they took to the playoffs last year, you got to be lucky to be good and good to be lucky. Uh, so, I mean, they were able to, they're going to have that experience no matter what, like you're saying, like you can never take it away from them. They can always pull from it just as they're going to be able to pull from what they're going through right now. I mean, you know, this, the team itself, if I'm not mistaken, is one seven and two in the last 10. So that you, you have to, as a player on that team, you got to find something that's going to be able to motivate you. Uh, to go out there and play and look plain and simple and this is an old adage as well and it has been in the league forever there are jobs to be playing for right now mm-hmm. so you you can if if you're gonna think if you think you're gonna come in there as a professional athlete even if you're on a team that's going through a tire fire right now and you think you're just gonna walk through the motions it's not happening because guess what you got that kid that's down in Laval that says you know what you want to drag ass good go right ahead I'm going to go ahead here and I'm going to hopefully work into a better contract three years down the road after my entry level is done. So, I mean, they've got every reason to go out there and play. And you know what? They've been depleted here with, with COVID. I mean, half the team has been, uh, you know, out, out of the lineup. They've been playing some valiant hockey. They've been playing some good hockey. They, uh, you know, it's great effort. Unfortunately, it's just not enough. 
Like there's no. just not enough there. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to go over it again, but you know, you got Weber and you got price. who have been out of the lineup all year. I mean, you're starting goaltender, your number one defenseman. I mean, it's not just it, the starting goaltender. One of the best in the league. Wow. Like. I mean, this is, you know, obviously potentially an Olympic starting goaltender here. Yep. I mean, I think that may be up for argument at this particular point in time and even maybe before the start of the season, but um, it's just, it's that year that it's just not going to go for you. It, they, that whole team, that whole management uh, uh, team knows exactly what's going on. Like, I mean, they're, they're getting ready for guys to, to, to sell off at the deadline and, and, you know, and, and, and that's what I'm looking for. Yep. Just making smart moves with what they have. Yep. And you, you got to hope that, you know, Gordon and the wealth of experience that he has, he's going to kind of lead us through that, you know, or certainly won't have a GM. I don't think by that point. Um, but I, I I do fully trust what Gordon's got going on right there, uh, going on there right now. And I do think that we're in good hands that way. Now it's just a matter of kind of sitting back and saying to myself, all right, let's just see what happens here over the, over the next year. What I do really hope though, is that they're able to kind of get rid of guys potentially like a, a Toffoli and guys like this. Mm. I know, I know they're on the fence guys. Can we move forward with them? Can we not? But I'm kind of of that yeah. mindset where you, you know, there's somebody else that can kind of use him, I think, for a run or a push or whatever. And I just think, you know, not completely bottom, bottom out, Scott, but kind of, you know, scorching the earth a little, I think. Hey, I think like the one thing I can say, and, you know, we just got off talking about Ottawa here, but the one thing I can say about the two difference between these two teams is, and, you know, with all due respect, I think Ottawa has the identity of what they want to be. They know what they want to be. They yeah. know where they're going and they're putting the pieces together. I don't know. I feel, and I'm with you. I think you got to move away from a Toffoli. I think you got to move away from a Josh Anderson. I get it. You got to move away from some of these guys because I don't know what you are right now. You got these young guns who are great. And then you've got some of these older players and, you know, <laughs> like I, I mentioned Theo Fleury earlier, I love a Brendan Gallagher, a guy who just yeah. gets in there and grinds, but that's and, not and your future. He, no. And, and like you said, I mean, I love the guy. I love the guy. He's a great player, gets his nose in there mucks it up. But for where we need to go, it's useless to me to have him on that team. Now, yep. look, I know you have to have warm bodies. I know you have to have some sort of calming presence in the room, usually a veteran player. And yes, we can have, but I can't have them on like a four and five year term left over on the contract. Like I got to talk about guys like the Leafs did a few years back where they brought half their team in that one year contract. Yeah. Like that, that presence I can have while these kids are developing, but I just think it's going to be taken too much away from what we could be doing. Um, you know, and uh, Price, Gallagher, Toffoli, these guys, they're all great players. And would they be useful in regards to, could we use them for something for during the rebuild and during the development? Yes, we could, but the, it's the money, it's the term, it's hurting you in, in, in a, in a financial situation and, and kind of taking away some opportunity perhaps as well. Uh, you know, I, I guess the best way I can say it is I kind of hope Montreal goes scorched earth a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I can see where they don't go completely right to the ground, but I really hope we get into that scorched earth territory. Uh, Cause I just think you, you kind of need to, okay, we're, we're not this anymore. This we, we had the run. It was a lucky run. And I think everybody knows it, but 
it, you kind of kind of need i think you're just going to need to start fresh here yeah i agree i uh my last note on that before maybe we go to oil country here is yep, um, yep. i you know what i again there's nothing i love listening to tour I mean, well we've talked about this i love lis- listening to tsn radio here and that overdrive but yeah. one of the things i love to talk about is just how lucky that montreal got i don't agree with that you know you don't get to the final by luck you just don't it's the hardest tournament in the in sports and you just don't get there by luck so something was meshing you had a you had a good spark. You lost some key players there, obviously, that were key to this. But you know what the chemistry could be if you get the right players back in there. If you get a defenseman, a younger defenseman in there who has that presence like Weber had. Yeah. That's interesting. You get well, you get your goalie back. That's interesting. And you and you kind of mentioned this defenseman, right? And I know we're kind of flip-flopping a little bit here between Ottawa and Montreal, but going back to the sense real quick. Um Jake Sanderson. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I think this is a guy that everybody's going to be real excited about. Uh, I think he's going to give your defensive uh, back end a nice compliment to an offensive defenseman in, uh, in Shabbat. Mm-hmm. I don't know an overabundance about Jake. I hear that there is some offense that can be tapped into. Yep. I'm getting the sense that this is a little bit more of a very robust kind of defenseman can clear the front net presence can, you know, throw his weight around a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, this is a little bit of a big boy yeah. uh, on, on the back end. So uh, definitely somebody to, to look forward to for sure. And, and, you know, going back to the Habs run real quick, I do understand where you're coming from for sure. In regards to listen, you can, luck can only bring you so far. You got to be able to kind of get the job done. And yes, when it mattered, Montreal got the job done. Game five, six, and seven against the Leafs. You know, they beat up on uh, uh, arguably a team that should have beat them in the Jets. And I think we kind of ran into that same kind of uh, uh, storyline when it was uh, Vegas as well. Montreal had no business in kind of being there and, 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 and even beating that team, right? But like you say, I think once things get into a mental makeup of a player and people really start to start beginning to think on that same page and like I'll take a word you used a while ago gelling uh, I think that's exactly what happened with Montreal is yes I, I still believe that there were some four-leaf clovers perhaps dabbled here and there to help along the way but I think once things really started rolling against the Leafs there was a mindset where 23 guys started thinking the same way. And I think that's where you're kind of coming from for sure is that they they were able to, whatever that was, that happened and they ran with it. So, you know, um, luck, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, they're certainly hit hard this year. Uh, And we'll see how it all plays out for these guys. You know, I do agree with you wholeheartedly though, that, um, there is no identity to that team right now. There's nothing, um, you know, should there be something, should there not be something? I, I don't know. I would at least hope that the, uh, you know, the identity that they can have is to work hard and be hard to play against. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care. I don't care if you win, but don't have uh, listless, uh, um, um, games. I know the Sens had one last night, but <laughs> that's, that's, all, that, that, that's all right. That's all right. You can have those every once in a while. But, it's a learning uh, game. It, it was a learning game. Oh, we just oh, take some learning right away from it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, just 
put it in the learning department and yeah, you know shove yeah. it away. But uh, but yeah, both our teams are kind of having a rough go here. But you know what? He, you got you got to go through the ups and downs sometimes. And I'm just, my team's going through a complete nutter town right now. So, <laughs> but but we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. Speaking of getting there, what about oil country, bud? They're not really getting there in any way, shape, or form right now. No, they are not. They lost in overtime again, and it's... um, That's two in a row, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This team is... You know, I'm... I am not an Oilers fan. I don't hate them. I don't like them. I'm just kind of like, meh. Yeah. But I want to see these guys do well. Like, I want to see... Just because... I want to see McDavid and Dryside will do it. I want to see that. I think, you know, Koskinen's been an interesting, you know, storyline. I think, yep. um, you know, I think Darnell Nurse has probably not had the season people expected him to have, um, yeah. which, you know, and um, I think, I still think Hyman's signing was great. I think that was a, that was a, that was a right move for these guys. I think so too. Um you know, I, I've always, the two guys that I'm, I'm always been interested in, like where they fit on this team, where they would fit on a different team is actually yeah. the better question is RNH. Where okay. would he fit on another team? Like, what would, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, on, if, ha- on, on half the teams in the league, he's probably kicking out a first line center. Yeah, exactly. And then and then Jesse Pugliarvi, who I also think, I'm like, I just don't know what these guys are. I know what they are in this team. I don't know what they are outside of this team. And that's the problem with, I think, when you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl on your, you're just like the most dominant players on your team, is you don't get a great view of what the rest of your team is. Because it all well, revolves me- around them. Exactly. I mean, they're getting all the hype. They're taking all of the headlines, right? So, I mean, what I will say about the Oilers is they're not a stout defensive team to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, the reason I was defending them there for a couple of weeks while Marty was just absolutely shitting on it, <laughs> what, what was, was you had everybody kind of in place, your Duncan Keiths, and, and, and I think another, uh, um, another injury they had was to Chris Russell. Uh, listen, not flashy, uh, you know, one guy blocks shots like a, like a monster, uh, Keith can, can skate, uh, uh, not like the wind, but he can certainly skate for long periods of time. I mean, the guy can, uh, munch minutes like no other, but when you had a couple of those guys go out, that really changes the complexion of that defense, right? Like you, your forward group is now having to defend much more than they would have had to. I mean, you weren't stout to begin with. So with a couple of injuries, I find that that kind of threw things off a little bit for them um, in regards to that. What I'm hoping for the Oilers with what is going on with that team right now, I hope, and I said this on previous episodes as well, I hope they're taking it all in and this is kind of that learning, right? Like I hope go, better to go through it now than in March. 100%. So, so I hope that they're, I hope that what they can take from this is that learning of a, we are going through it and we're going through it hard right now. COVID is hitting everybody. We're having games rescheduled. There's no flow to the season. We're getting out of our uh, regular routines. So is everybody else. Right. So it's all fair that way. But I just, 
I hope that they can take this, this difficult time that they got going on. And listen, I'm not expecting them to go on a 15 game winless or um, uh, uh, undefeated streak here, but just getting back to it, getting, getting some consistency back into their game. And I will agree with you wholeheartedly. I want to see the team do well, if for nothing else, like I don't really have a dog in the fight, right? But for, for nothing else, I'd like to see them not waste any more of McDavid's time in Edmonton because uh, I, maybe we don't know the kid and maybe the kid's as honorable as the day is long and he would never, never ask for a trade or never, you know what I mean? But there's something in me, these top elite players, right? At some point, they want to win. They want to win the championship. They want the awards. They want, they want to be the man. They want, and, and in Connor McDavid's case, I mean, he is the guy. The only thing he doesn't have is any kind of semblance of success in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, even, I even said to Marty, look, if these guys get to the third round and lose, to me, that's a step. Oh, 100%. Like, like, like it's a step. I know, I know everybody in their dog out in Edmonton, it's kind of cup or bust, pretty much. I don't want to talk for everybody, but I know that there's a real big swelling over there where it's like, let's go, man. We should be winning cups here. Listen, if you guys get to the third round and you do some damage, push a team to the end of that series, I think you're moving in the right direction. It's just a matter of getting some more pieces in here, a little bit better on the defensive end, and I think you got something here. Uh, Goaltending, I'm not even going to touch that, guys, because I think we're all in the same boat. Somebody needs to either step up or they just flat out got to go out and get somebody. Is that easy to do? absolutely not like it's very easy for us to sit here and say do this go out and do that we all know what they need it's going to be difficult for them to get because nobody's going to help them out nobody no so it we'll we'll see where this goes uh i know i've we've heard some rumblings with a mark andre flurry this kind of thing does that get done can it get done can they work it who knows but i i i don't think what is currently there is going to get them to where they want to go. They're going to have to make a trade to bring somebody in, develop somebody, which I think we can both agree is not where they want to go. They're ready to win now. They need somebody that can come in there and get the job done now. You know, um, here's a question for you, and I would love, this would be a great question for Marty. I would have loved to ask him this. But, you know, with a, with the team like, Edmonton, especially a team, you know, let's let's zero in on, on the big two there, McDavid and Drysaddle. Not going to the Olympics, does that make them hungrier or does it or, or does it hurt them? And what I mean by that is getting a taste of the hard competition, the hard games, a chance to win a gold medal at the Olympics. Um, you know, sometimes that could feed you. But maybe this actually makes them a little hungrier, a little like because they're not going for another four years. They're not going to get a taste of it. So now the question is, you you got to turn all your energy onto this team to try to, to try to make it. So I wonder if that like not going makes them hungrier, puts more. Drive I think it in does. Them. I you know what I think you're onto something. I I really think it does because at here's what we do know, right? And even if Dreisaitl hasn't said it publicly, I know McDavid touched on it a little bit. And Brad Marchand, this type of guy, is really the guy that's uh, being vocal about it. But you got you to gotta know they're pissed off, right? Yep. Like, like they're pissed. 
Okay. These guys, and, and this all got uh, uh, agreed upon when they went into the bubble the first time uh, when Tampa Bay won the cup in the bubble. This was all agreed upon that, yes, if we're doing this, NHL, you guys are letting us go to the Olympics. So th- they gave up a lot, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think family members were able to just come in and out of the bubble. Like, and even if they were allowed in, you're in and you're in. You're not going back home now for another six weeks so it it was tough for everybody and and these guys gave up a lot to get that and now and i get it there's a lot of games being postponed and we all know that the league wasn't exactly um even if they were doing everything they could to help the players get there it certainly didn't seem like that publicly if that makes any sense so it's not like the 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 nhl was kind of pushing this thing along to kind of get to the Olympics. They were kind of happy if they weren't going. So it's very, very disappointing for the players. But in regards to that particular question, I do think that the league, if these two guys get on any kind of, uh, well, they've they've (laughs) been on a roll since the start of the year. So it's not like they need to get on another one. But if these guys are pissed off about this, Mm -hmm. watch out, mate. We might have to watch out here. Yeah. Because defense or not, goaltending or not, if, they start to go off and have this kind of what comes to mind right away is the Michael Jordan mindset. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I'm going to find anything now to, to, yep. to, to, to take an advantage of you, of you. If they have that mindset and, and you can kind of see it a little bit in McDavid, like, yeah. he's, you know, he's more quiet about it, but I don't know. There's just a fire there. And I, I, and, and I think, I think there's a little bit already like in, in, in his talk with, with dry I mean, just the way he talks and he's kind of, a, um, uh, he seems to be like 10 years older than what he actually is. You know what I mean? When yeah, he has yeah. his I, press conferences and stuff. So I am, um, you know, what's interesting to me is watching him. Like, obviously you could watch him for days, tear up defenses and he score these big goals. What I find interesting is his the way he celebrates now. He is just – there's no hiding. He's like, yes, yeah. I owned you guys. I owned you, and, I, and I'm, I'm all business. You guys are here playing a game. I'm here for business. And so there's been that change in him, which I think is super interesting. Now, like, yeah. if I were Marty, I would be stoked about it, but I would be getting impatient. I'd be getting worried. I'm not sure he's going to go anywhere, but because I, I can imagine they'll do everything they can to keep him and retire him yeah. in Edmonton. However, you know, you got to take advantage of it while he's hot. You know, he had that injury a couple of years ago where he <laughs> miraculously came back. Yeah. But it only takes one game to get another thing like that. So you have to take advantage of it while you have it. And you better you better be all in because you have you you're not going to get two guys like this on a team again. Well, what I've what what I've always thought is a kind of a small little secret weapon, right? Is you've got two guys that want to dominate the league that are on the same team and potentially can't even be on the same line. I guess where I'm going with this is: Do you mean to tell me that Drysital does, to a certain extent and in a friendly teammate way? want to show up McDavid and say, whoa, 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 hold on here. Get ya. Yeah. McDavid yeah. has all the right to get this hype, but look at me over here, man. Yeah. Like uh, I've, I've led the league in scoring here for 
large chunks here over McDavid, by the way, may I add. Mm-hmm. So I find that, you know, you're mentioning about the Olympics and are they kind of going to get a little bit more dry from that? Yes. And then on top of it, if these two start just feeding off of each other, same line or not, right. You can only, it can only mean good things for Edmonton going forward. So, I mean, you know, to, to sum it up here with the, with the, the Oilers, I truly believe that this team is, is going to do some damage in the playoffs. Uh, I, I would hope that they can make a few things happen in regards to shoring up some areas. I don't think you're going to get anybody that's going to move the needle big time, but a nice depth defenseman, all, all those kind of usual stuff. Right. But I do think and hope that they are going to take uh, the learning lessons from this and be a better team. Uh, still holes to fill. I'm not saying that they're not there, but I, I, you know, these guys can go off. I mean, listen, defense gets so tight in the playoffs, right? But Scott, with the way they can't clutch and grab anymore, McDavid is going to do his damage playoffs or regular season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you're not stopping him. Like nope. the defense may get, a, they may get, a, they may let a little bit more go in the playoffs, but this guy's getting his, his uh, cookies. He's going to be getting all of the apples that he wants as well. Um, I mean, he's going to do damage. It's just a matter of can they uh, withhold whatever wave is going to come at them from the opposition. Yeah. yeah, This last thought on the Oilers here, it's going to be a juicy one, but you've got Dreisaitl who's making 8.5. He makes it this year, next year, and in 2025, and then he becomes a UFA in 25, 26. Do you, do you look at trading him, flipping him now? Do you look at there and go, hey, he's awesome. We're getting tons of points, but we got to do something on our back end. Like the cup might not be those two guys. The cup might be you flip a dry sidle for, and I'm going to make up a name here. I'm going to make up a trade because yeah, it's not yeah. even going to be even. But do you go after a UC Soros and, and you okay. know, try, to, try to get – a great goalie try to shore that up and go and obviously you're going to need more to come back than just that yeah yeah um so you're going to get other pieces in that but do you go out there and do that and say like listen you're going to make the fans upset if you do that 100 but if it turns into a cup if you don't get a cup this year and you got two more years you like i I can't imagine they're going to resign him for 8.5 it's going to be more than that well what i will say is this from the time that they, and listen, maybe I'm going a little far back here, but just bear with me in regards yep. to Edmonton Oilers fans mindset. So you're going back and you're getting all these top picks, Taylor Hall, um, Nugent Hopkins. Yes. Yakupov was a complete fail. I get it. But you know, these types of guys are coming in, right? McDavid, uh, dry sided a little few, few years later. If, if the Edmonton Oilers do not win a cup, with Connor McDavid on the roster, this is going like they're talking about the hardships they had ten, going 10 years without the playoffs. If they don't win a cup and McDavid's name is not on that cup as an Edmonton Oiler, somewhere along the line, you can say this whole thing was a fail. Oh my gosh. So, so in saying that, you as management members of the Edmonton Oilers, have to, at the very, very least, entertain that thought. Yeah. Do you move on from that thought? That's up to you. 
but that has to that has to be a thought that is going to go through that team's management structure over the next couple of years because like you said 8.5 is a stupid stupid bargain right now on this guy and for what McDavid is making and for what Dreisaitl is doing in point production compared to McDavid and his what almost 13 million dollar contract or 12 yeah, million 12.5 yep like you 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 you're you're at the very very least talking about McDavid on our uh Dreisaitl getting Mitch Marner money 11.5ish I believe yeah, he should. like 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 you're not talking any lower than that bud especially with what's going on between uh uh Dreisaitl and Marner production wise right now like I mean, his agent is going to sit there and say, no, no, we're not even sitting at the table until it's an 11.5 number. Yeah. No, with with what Marner's doing right now, it's not even a discussion. It's not that number. So going back to what you're saying, trading him, you got to think about it because two players making upwards of what at that point, 24 ish million. Yeah. I think dollars. Yeah. Like you got to start thinking, can this guy get me? a decent goaltender uh, to star goaltender. Can he get me a third liner, uh, a nice young third liner with some up and coming uh, offensive capabilities, or can he get me a, a stout second uh, number two or number three? To, you know what I mean? That's you start being able to play some things, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it works out here for them over the next couple of years, but that is a juicy tidbit, my friend. And something that I think that again, do they move on this in any way, shape, or form? Who knows? Yeah, but you don't get you don't yeah. you don't get your name in the record books for having the two of the two of the best players in the league, but not winning yep. a cup. That's just the way it is. So I think you know you have three years left on them uh, after this year. I don't know. I don't know. You might I, need to get creative with this team. I think later on the, down the line, you at least have to entertain that thought to say, okay, what what can we get? I think that. At the very least, and it may be in the background, hopefully it doesn't leak out, especially for the team. But I bet you there's there would definitely at least be phone calls on that, man. I be. think you have to do it. I think you have to do it. You got to gauge the interest about what you're getting back for this guy. Yeah. And is he going to be able to help you out down the road? So you got to go deep this year in the playoffs or forget about it. Forget yeah, about it. Big time. So big then you got to make your moves for sure. Well, listen, we gave Marty and his Oilers a ton of airtime this, <laughs> we this sure week. Did. Way, way friggin' more than we should have. Yeah, Marty, we'll cut we're it lucky out. that we'll we love you. We lucky that we, yeah, absolutely. I'll have him cut out his own friggin' teams uh, segment. <laughs> absolutely. So, this listen, is, uh, this is a COVID move, present for you, Marty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little COVID present. Actually, it's been a COVID present for us. You know, I, well, for me anyway, I've gotten to spend some time with Scott here and it's yeah, uh, been much more pleasurable than my weekly uh, <laughs> podcast for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, listen, we'll move along here. Cause uh, I know Marty is going to have his work cut out for him in regards to uh, the technical side of uh, working over our, uh, our audio and our program. So we'll try and shorten it up for him as best we can here. But with the uh, juniors cancellation, I uh, wanted to give a little love uh, to the world juniors and for our beauties and the beast this week, um, we're going to go over our uh, greatest moments uh, from the world juniors are the ones that we like the best. And uh, hopefully we can uh, throw in a, uh, um, a, uh, a beast and a world junior moment that maybe wasn't so flattering. So uh, did you want to start off Scott, or did you want me to uh, grab the reins here and uh, no, and I go can, over it with uh, 
I can start off. One of my, I can remember watching this. I, it was the first time I learned about this rule in the World Juniors. Um, yep. But that 2007 World Juniors, the US Canada semifinals, where Jonathan Tay scored three, sh- uh, uh, three goals in the shootout to send Canada to the finals. And it's, you know, I, I, it blew me away. Every single time he came down the ice, I'm like, you can't, not again, not again. And they were all just buttery goals. Just yeah, so I know, man. nice. And, like, uh, I, I swear to God, I was, I, I won't take anything away from you. The only thing I want to say here is I, I, the second and the third one, you're like, you know what? Like, this is a, a really solid U.S. I, I actually can't remember who the U.S. Yeah. goalie was. And that's, and that's really sad. Sorry. But I, I said to myself, like, is he, he can't do it again, can he? So after the second time, you're like, okay, you know, you were able to get a couple of passes, this guy. Like, this guy is going to shut you down. Like, when he went up for that third one, I'm like, I know it's a rule. I know he's hot. But do you go with him, really? And, of yeah. course, we all know we all know what happened. And, I mean, it, w- it was a great moment for sure. And, and that was also, you know, it's not to undermine the other big star that, that year, which was um, – Carrie Price, who ended yep. up being the MVP of that 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 uh, that team, who just yep. like dominated, dominated. So, you know, I think that for me, that that I'll always remember that that that, that year, the juniors that year. Maybe I'll pass it oh. over to you for another one. Sounds good. Um, well, what I've got down, and uh, I'll actually go to one of the uh, the earlier ones here. Um, it was it was kind of the first moment where I really started realizing uh, and how much one that I liked the world juniors and how kind of cultural it could be uh, for Canadians, right? Like just how we kind of eat it and sleep it in the whole nine yards. And that was the 1991 world juniors. Um, and the nice part about it is John Slaney was a Cornwall boy. Uh, so I got to see him play with the Royals uh, shout out to uh, Scott and his team, which is yeah. named the Royals. Uh, okay. After that, um, it was kind of cool to bring that back into the league. A uh, little side note there. But um, yeah, and and the nice thing about it is it actually was the first time that we uh, uh, won the gold medal on home soil. It was against the Soviets. I'll, I'll, like, I'll never forget it. Like he's right in the corner, right? Puck kind of rings around the boards and he just lets kind of a, well, I don't want to say a seeing eye shot, but somewhat of a seeing eye shot yeah. go from the point. And I don't know, there's just this thing in me where I it, it kind of, that was kind of the start of my world junior uh, uh, love affair, I guess, if you will. And I mean, heck, I mean, I've been watching every minute of every game basically for years and years. So that's kind of where it all started for me um, was with the uh, 1991 world juniors. And they had, a, they had a nice record too. They were six and one. So they actually did quite, uh, quite well. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll switch it over to you, my man, to, uh, to yeah. give us another uh, moment. I, um, I, I think, you know, this is going way back, and obviously I didn't watch this uh, live, but, you know, Connor Bernard's 16-year-old kid coming out and scoring four yeah. goals the other day reminds, and, and, you know, you saw the headlines everywhere, reminded everybody of, you know, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. You know, 16 year old kid storming the world juniors. He had uh, something like 17 points in six games, just a yep. kid, kid amongst men, but just ripping apart. And 
you know, that to me is this, we talked earlier about the breakout opportunities for kids and why this is such a unfortunate case that they don't get to play and you don't get to, you don't know who was, who was going to be that kid. It looked like Connor Bernard was going to be the story of this. uh, Like you get it ripped away from you, right? Right. You get it ripped away from you. That's the thing, right? Now, luckily he, you know, he's only 16. So hopefully next year he gets another chance at it and, you know, it probably tears it up even more. He'll be that much bigger. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it gives us something, something really great to look forward to, but that, you know, I can't imagine being a 16 year old kid in the world juniors with these 18, 19 year old kids and, yep. and you dominating, this is the world stage, not, not yep. like, you know, it's so to me, to me, that's a, an amazing moment. Super interesting. Well, I mean, it kind of, it sets the stage for everything else, right? Like, I mean, I know, I think it was 79, I want to say he and the Oilers through the Indianapolis racers get together. They, yeah. however, that all went down. However, that all played out there. I, I don't want to talk out of my ass here and say things that didn't actually happen, but I mean, it's almost foreshadowing, right? Like the guy just goes and like you say, it's, it, if there's another word for that's better than dominating, right? Like, I mean, he goes there and just absolutely rips it up, shows exactly what he is on the world stage with yep. the best, you know, best players of that age group. Like, I mean, it, it obviously, you know, and rightfully so should be one of our moments in regards to world junior history. I mean, it's the greatest, greatest player that ever played. Right. And yep. that's kind of a little bit of where the coming out party sort of started. Right. So yep. Uh, I mean, how can you men- how can you go through uh, World Junior moments without mentioning that for sure? So uh, definitely good on Gretzky, and it, uh, you know it's definitely you know what the thing that that that's regretful is that I, I of course we couldn't see it. I just would have loved to see the domination. That that's yeah. that's where I'm coming from. I would have wanted to see. Okay, like I mean, I know the guy ripped it up the whole nine yards, but I would have loved to see it with my own two eyes because you see a couple plays from back then and skating guys just walking around him the whole nine yards. Yeah. I mean, it was top top to bottom. He he definitely showed what he was going to be all about for sure. I, I think it was um, the first time a lot of a lot of other people got to see him too. Yeah. And you know, yeah, everybody heard about him. Everybody heard about this kid who was tearing it up and but you know, yeah. meh, you don't you don't believe it till you see it. And then you see it and you're like, okay. Okay, this is gonna well, be this is gonna be first time first time a lot of people like you say put eyes on them right so now you're kind of seeing it for yourself and and what the whole hype is about so um now moving over to somebody who had a great uh tournament maybe didn't have the exact career that was expected afterwards uh is another one of my moments it's in 1993 uh, again, they won the gold medal, a six and one record. And for those of you that don't remember, it's basically the Manny Legacy um, uh, World Juniors. He stood on his head. Um, I hope I, I'm pretty sure I got this right here, but uh, he stood on his head. He made 68 saves against Finland. Um, and that was in the final, I believe. And that was after, or sorry, that that I think was in a semifinal, uh, if yeah, I'm not I mistaken. And that was that, and that game was after handing Sweden their only loss of the tournament. Um, so, pretty impressive. I mean, I don't have any uh, particular numbers for you, but that particular game, I've actually watched that particular game, and I mean, it, it, it's exactly what it says: sixty-eight, or sorry, I think it's fifty-eight, fifty-eight, yep. 50, 58 saves. I mean, he got absolutely peppered, and they won the game. Like, yeah. 
I mean, yes, we've seen performances like this before, but again, you're kind of putting it into the context of, let's say he's maybe a 17 year old. Let's say, okay, maybe he was one of the older guys in 18, 18 years old there, you know, again, at that point, Canada's winning some gold medals. The ex- expectations are high. So, I mean, to have that kind of performance and it, and maybe it's just because I have a little affinity for goalies. I always like to see great performances from goalies. So uh, that was definitely one of my, uh, uh, one of my uh, moments for sure. Yeah. Um, is, do you happen to have another one, Scott? Or Well, I think, um, you know, we talk about Canada being this dominant team, um, especially when it comes into the world juniors and being one of the, one of the top teams. Um, I think we'd be remiss without remembering the fact that they went eight years without winning that gold. And then in 2005 won it. And you got guys like Corey Perry and obviously Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, and like these guys who, and I think when was that the lockout year 2005? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, 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 you know, you got a, you got a little bit of a kick from the fact that these guys were locked out, but man, you know, as a, as a, as a Canadian, you know, eight years without winning the tournament that is mostly held in Canada, or at least every other year, I think it's held in Canada, never winning it and then winning it. I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be up there. I mean, again, we're talking about dominating performances. That whole team was a dominating performance. Like that was a clinic. I don't, they didn't lose a game. I don't, I can't even remember the goals against and the goals for, but it was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, like you said, they had a, quite the bump from some players that were literally NHL players and NHL ready uh, playing on a junior team when these guys could be, do- and not just playing in the NHL, doing some damage. Yep. Like, I mean, you, you had a guy like Patrice Bergeron. This guy was ahead of his time, you know, even at that age, like he was a super, super responsible player, goes down there, Crosby and who the heck else? I think it might, yeah, it was Marshawn. I think uh, him, Marshawn, and Crosby on that first line, just dominating, total, total domination. But I mean, another moment for sure in regards to just the way they kind of rolled right through that tournament, and they should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that I think that that was probably uh, a motivating factor for them. Is it wasn't just like Canada, Canada should win gold, Canada win will gold. Like that was. Yeah. Uh, for almost a foregone conclusion before they were even they even picked that team. So uh, listen to this. Listen to this lineup, man. Brent Seabrook, Dion Phaneuf, Shea Weber, Jeff Carter, Sidney Crosby. You've got Ryan Getzlaff, Andrew Ladd's in there, Mike Richards, like Corey Perry. It just goes on and on. And Patrice Bergeron, obviously, we talked about. Like, and these are first and like, I know that first rounders are littered all over Canadian teams most of the time, obviously there, but like, you got, you know, you got some serious, serious players in there. Weber, second round pick, uh, you know, guys like that, like it, it, it's whatever word is better than stacked. That's what that team was like. Yeah. There was no holes. There yep. was no holes in that team whatsoever. And we expected what was uh, what was the final outcome, and it should have been, especially with that roster. But no matter how dominating or whatever you want to say, unfair, this, that, the other <laughs> thing, it, it is a moment in our in, in Canadian history, and I mean, it's definitely something well, that we'll remember fondly for sure. They beat Russia, 
if you remember, six to one. And they had like, Russia had Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Malkin, um, you know, Habibu or uh, Hudobin in net. Like they had a great team. It was just kind of one of those years that. Yeah. We got, I mean, I don't want to, I want to say we got lucky. We got lucky in regards to having players available to us. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? They did what they were supposed to do. And a great, a great pick for sure. uh, Scott, in regards to uh, uh, world junior moments. Um, Another one that we have here, of course. uh, And I think most of us uh, probably have this maybe at number one. Uh, It's the 2009 world junior uh, um, uh, game, the iconic call from Gord Miller. Can you believe it when uh, Jordan Eberle scores with I point something, I think left on the clock or two point something, whatever it was, it was a feed from Tavares off the, uh, off the sidewall. And it just ended up on a stick and he puts it in. And I mean, it, it, if I'm not mistaken, that kept the drive for five alive. And I think they, well, they did go on to win. I believe another, uh, another fifth uh, in a row uh, was the second time. I think they did it um, overall, but yeah, I mean, obviously just a, a great game. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat when he scored, I completely and utterly lost it. Don't ask (laughs) me what I did. I probably was, putting my fist against a wall or something like that yeah. or whatever. I was so pumped. Uh, definitely. an icon- I, the iconic call from Miller, I think helps a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of sticks out a little bit. Uh, so definitely a great moment uh, when it comes to, uh, to world junior moments as well. Yeah. If I, you don't mind. Year with Tavares as well. Right. That was. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, th- I think that was the second year that Tavares won gold. Uh, I'd have to go back and check it. I think that I think the previous year, uh, I think is where uh, JT kind of put it on his back right. a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100 percent on that, but uh, I think that was the case. And then of course he comes back the second year, and makes the play to yep. get it to Eberle. So uh, I mean, great moments for, uh, and, and that's another uh, another guy you can kind of point out a little bit. He's had some great moments. Uh, you can almost use John Tavares as a moment, so to speak. He's had some pretty good moments too uh, uh, for the World Juniors. Um, not sure if uh, you have a beast or not. If you do, uh, let's go with yours go. first. Let's go with yeah, yours sure. First. Yeah, yeah, no worries whatsoever. Um, probably the worst showing that Canada has had at this tournament uh, is the uh, 1998 World Juniors. Mm-hmm. They finished in eighth place, guys, a two and five record. Now. What I think really stunk up the joint here a little bit, they, I mean, it was already a bad tournament. They were already out of the medal rounds. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that might have been the first year that we weren't going to get a medal in quite some time. Um, the, anyway, the, the, the worst part about it was, was uh, the loss to Kazakhstan uh, for the seventh place game, by the way. Uh, they lost the game six to three. Um, little side note here. If you do a little bit of research on this game, guys, there is an article and I wish I could remember who uh, wrote the article and it actually details uh, the lead up uh, to that game during the tournament. I think one of the players, they don't mention him by name, but he basically goes on to say like, yeah, we thought we were kind of all that in a bag of chips and uh, we were all pretty individualistic and thought we'd be able to pull it together, but never did. Uh, Basically uh, uh, paraphrasing here, but 
um, it's a good read. If you get a chance to do a little bit about, it. I wish I remembered the title and who, who had written it guys. But uh, if you do a little bit of uh, digging and a little bit of research, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, in a lot of circles, it was the actual worst single game performance ever by a Canadian team. Uh, definitely not our, uh, our greatest moment by any stretch of the means, but uh, the way I always like to look at it, you got to have bad moments like that so that the great moments mean that much more. 100%. I, 100%. I, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things we can't be, you know, it's, it's kind of humbling. It has, you have to have humbling moments, especially, you know, I, I Canada as a Canadian, I love to say we are the best in the world. Um, but every so often you got to be reminded that it's still, nothing's a given and you got to work your ass off to these. And I think, you know, that 2000, I don't know if you remember that 2004 world juniors where we lost to uh, the U S yeah, yeah. that just ridiculous play by, and unfortunately it was flurry Mark Andre yeah. flurry, but you know, you, these kind of moments you gotta, you gotta build off of and you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta come back. And so hopefully, you know, I think tying it back up to some of our other conversations earlier, you go through the rough stuff to get to the, get to the great moments. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure there were, I'm sure there was some good rounds of beer had after that game trying to forget it. Oh, but, uh, I, I would assume, so. I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming the coaching staff was probably right ripped after that, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try to try to erase that memory, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that we didn't get to watch it this year. Like I said, it's probably one of my, it's probably one of my favorite tournaments. It's uh, yeah. so much fun to watch. Um, but you know, it's uh, we have next year to look forward to, and clearly there's going to be some killer players. Hopefully, like uh, Shane Wright will be there, um, unless he's like killing it in the league, which will be a whole different yeah. story. We'll um, get Mr. Bedard again. But Bedard, we'll get him going again. So it'll be fun to see these guys come up. And and I, you know, the other thing I always like is you get a chance to see guys that you wouldn't normally see from other countries. And yeah. you know, the, the 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 caliber of players that have gone through that tournament is just insane. And uh, so it's a shame we missed it. Hopefully, the women's get under get going. And they figure out a way to deal with that. And um, you know, we, we have next year to look forward to and hopefully um, have a great, great tournament. Well, I mean, fingers crossed, right. That, that they can figure something out maybe for the summer months here. I, I, you know, easy for us to again, talk about it and speculate that, you know, maybe they should just fit it in here or fit it in there. There's other things going on and it's kind of difficult to get it done. And, you know, if they're going to try and put, you know, a lot of people are hoping maybe they can put both tournaments together and have them kind of go simultaneously, maybe bubble it up if you have to, or whatever the case may be. But you know, we'll hold out hope and we'll see what happens here with uh, Hockey Cannon and see if they can't figure this out and get some, uh, uh, get us some great summer hockey. I actually, you know, as a little side note here, I actually think it would be a really, really great idea to have that going on. Even if the playoffs are going on, I think it heightens everything up around the game of hockey. Uh, and I, you know, as much as you got one kind of going against the other, I actually don't think it would be that bad of a thing. I think it would kind of give them a little bit more juice, a little, you know, a little bit more, uh, uh, um, whatever word I'm looking for here to pump them up a little bit, I suppose, and, and, and give that tournament a little bit, uh, a little bit more weight, I suppose, behind it. Yeah. Not my, like it needs my, any, but you know what I mean? My, uh, my family wouldn't see me for weeks. 
that would be a- oh god yeah oh god man <laughs> I, I i'd need to take off some extra time on a vacation just for the hockey oh stuff gosh. eh? yeah 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 i'd be uh i'd be working my my cable my uh my uh internet package to the max oh there. absolutely 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 for sure well listen uh i think that pretty much finishes things off here for uh this week's episode here guys scott i want to thank you big time for stepping in here uh you know giving you the big old promotion to co-host this week <laughs> uh thanks yeah. a lot for that I, I know we had you settled in here as a guest but uh thanks for sliding in and taking yeah. uh taking over marty's spot yeah um, no, no problem. i i i, I I may be calling on you even on those weeks when Marty is available. Yeah, uh, you know, let's do it just to uh, just to get you in here and get your uh, your viewpoint on things. Uh, you know, you got a got a lot of good takes here, and uh, I love the dry side will take. I think that sucker's going to be real juicy for our listeners. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And uh, listen, guys, uh, keep an eye out for uh, uh, our our episode with uh, two mics and a Marty. That'll be coming up whenever we can get things set up. So we'll uh, keep you guys informed on that. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show here. We're having Scott around and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next time. And uh, we'll see you then. Yeah. Take get, care. get well, Marty. Get well, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll hold the fort for you while you're gone later. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.